ATL coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia here on Sports Talk with Eugene Morton via iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spotify. We got a few subjects here that warrant serious discussion here, Eugene. We have the MVP race, Prime 30 for 30, which is close to my heart because I love, <laughs> love Deion Sanders, man. So that warrants some serious discussion. But let's get into some baseball first here with the Bryce Harper and all these massive contracts coming down. Bryce signed for 13 years, 330. And then that Machado contract was for 10 years, 300. Who got the best deal there, in your opinion? Well, I like the Machado. Machado to Padres and Harper to, to the yeah, Phillies. Yeah, I like right? Machado's deal just because he has an opt-out after the fifth year. Okay. Because what I like about opt-outs, it keeps everybody honest. It keeps the player honest because if he wants to opt-out in five years. So, but it's a player option, though. It's not a team option. It's so. not a team option. Okay. But it's, player, it's very player-friendly. Player-friendly. But also, it makes, okay, it says to Machado, I've, if I want to, so theoretically, I'm probably going to opt-out when I'm before I'm 30 or 31, whatever, right? Two what age? How old is he? He's the same age as, uh, as, as uh, Harper. Okay. They're 26. Okay. You know, Kind of opt out of the 31, 30, whatever, 30 or 31 years old. So what I like about it is it keeps both, it keeps the player honest. Like, hey, if I'm thinking down the road that I want to opt out, I need to be on my A game for these next five years. B, it also puts the pressure on the team. Hey, I need to make sure that I'm bringing in either free agents or I need to make sure I'm drafting, you know, the properly. Then I'm building a team around uh, Machado right. for the next five years. Right. Like it, it, I, I like that because it's, you know, it's like it puts the pedal to the metal right away that, hey, we need to do this, you know, maybe not next year. I mean, they're, they they have like one of the top farm systems in the in the league. Mm-hmm. But again, the, now that you have the following year where, hey, you've got this young talent. Maybe you bring in another star with him. Maybe you trade some of your your assets. So I like it from that aspect. It puts everyone on notice. Hey, we need to. Let's keep pushing forward. Let's you know. Let's let's make this happen sooner rather than later. So a lot of people were surprised that the Bryce Harper contract was so good for the Phillies. Now I don't feel like me personally. I've never liked to ten year contracts, and Albert Pujols has really spoiled me on this on ten year contracts. Period, <laughs> Eugene. Like I don't like contracts that are going to take you into damn near forty. Yeah. When Pujols signed his contract, because Pujols is going to be due $30 million at 42. Yep. $30 million at 42. Okay. Unbelievable. When you have a, these contracts, at least these contracts are, a little, are much better than that. But still, they're going to be, Bryce Harper's been pushing 40. 39 right? when, he's, when he's done with the contract. He'll okay. be 39 years old. Machado's going to be at 36. Yep. So I'm just not a fan of the state of the world is going to be different. Yeah. At that time. It's hard for me to believe that players are still going to be nearly as good projecting out so, so far. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? No, I completely agree with you. I, like I said, at least you get the Machado one. You're at least, okay, 35. You know, you'll probably start, you'll start to see the regression at 32, right? You'll start seeing the numbers probably, usually most, most players, right? The numbers are going back down when you're 32, 33 years old. Right. So at least if you're, if you're uh, San Diego, it's like, okay, if he doesn't opt out, he stays through the whole contract. 
he starts regression regressing at 32, 33, you're on the hook for two more years, right? right. So you're getting out of that contract, like versus to your point with Albert Pujols, you're paying a 42 year old who's not going to hit what he was when he was 30 years old. I, there's no way. And then you've got Harper who signed for 10 for, I'm sorry, 13 years, 13 years. He's going to be 39 when this contract's over. But I mean, the only good thing about the saving grace with that is his contract is very front loaded heavy. So this year he's making $10 million, but he signed a $20 million bonus. Okay. So it's like making 30 million, 30 right? million. Yeah. So from 20, let me just make sure I get this right. So from 2020 to 2028, he's making $26 million per season. Okay. From 2029 through the end of that contract, he's making 22 million. Which makes more sense because a lot of teams are backloading these contracts. And when the problem is when you backload a contract, a player is going to get all their money, right? Right. But when you backload a contract, the optics of it can look horrible like this pool hole situation. If this money was all more front loaded, then you look at it like, okay, well, in those years, he was being paid more money. Even though it's all the same right. money, Eugene. Yeah. But the optics of it doesn't look as bad. Now the optics with the pool hole situation is you get a player that's making more money on that back end when their skills have greatly diminished. So you don't want to have a player that's pushing 40 right. and you put $40 million of their money into that year. Yeah. And then you're looking like you got this player making $40 million. And then at, by that time, maybe you're not the best player in the league. Maybe there's a new shiny toy out there and that person might be making like 15, 20 and you're making Double, triple with that, that right. player is making, and, he, that and, that, time. and that, he, that fifteen twenty million dollars is completely outperforming you on the field. <laughs> and now, and plus, it goes to your point too. Now, Anaheim is stuck, so it's hard for them to build with all that money going to going to him and going to uh, Trout. Well, they said that Bryce Harper didn't want to kill the Phillies, yeah, because you know they leave them some money on the table. Because a lot of people were talking about him being in that four hundred million. There's he's gonna be the first player, and this was of course in the middle of last season. There's a lot of hyperbole, but he's gonna be the first player to uh, go to over four hundred million dollar contract and blah blah blah. And you're thinking like, okay, that's that's nice, but he he definitely would have been the only player. <laughs> he'd have been yeah. the only star player on that team and he left Philly some uh some money on the table there so for them to be able to, to to will and deal so what are your thoughts and we'll kind of transition here staying kind of in baseball but also moving between baseball and football here well real quick I gotta ask you one thing so sure he had one more offer and this is one thing that I wanted to say mm-hmm. so he had an offer from the Dodgers for four years 180 million dollars would have paid him 45 million dollars a year oh <sighs> Yes. My only thing is, maybe you take that. Why not go to a team? So he's going to, he's he's ultimately making the Phillies a lot better, right? But why not go to a team that's gone to the World Series last two years? Okay. So here's, here's what I think about that. Okay. So you say, okay. You're four years, 180. You're 30 when you're wrapping my brain around that, right? And you can definitely get another, at least, at least eight to 10 year deal in baseball at 30. Especially if he continues to perform. I feel like that's great money. Yeah. And I feel like you would have been able to also go back into the free agent market at your prime around around it. Around your prime. You can you, you can see it in the distance if you're if it's not right there. Now, what I would say though, Eugene, Bryce wanted to be at his next destination. I feel like he wants it to be his last destination. Yeah. He said, listen, 
I don't want to do this thing four years from now. And you actually would have been doing it probably three years from now. It would have been a media circus. Yeah. So you say to the Phillies, listen, I want to be here. I want to stay here. I want you to build around me. The length of the deal, there was a report I read that he had expressed to the team that it might be easier for them to attract other free agents if they knew he was going to be there for the long term. Right. Versus a, a semi-rental. Of course, four years is not a rental, but it's seemingly in these contracts that baseball is uh, is given out. Four years seems like a very small amount of time. Yeah. You know, they're giving you over a decade. They're just giving those contracts. That seems to be the new normal for good players. And plus no, no opt out for the Phillies contract mm-hmm. and, and no trade clause. Right. Yeah. So I guess there, yeah, that's a, that's a he, long he's saying. Yeah. This is where I want to be. Yep. This is where I want to build my family. This, I don't want to uproot. I don't want to uproot my family to anywhere else. Yep. This is going to be it. This is where I'm settling and I'm going to be here for the duration of my career. Yep. It seems to me that was what he wanted to do. When you hear that that he was going to be going to the Phillies, you were hearing that very early. And I had a hard time believing. Whenever I hear an early rumor about a player going to a trade destination, I think that the other team, and he ends up actually going there. Right. I think that the other teams maybe weren't as in play as it seems. Yeah. You know, because they'll say, hey, we think he's going here. And fast forward a month, maybe a month and a half later, and the player goes there. Right. I'm like, I'm not sure how much the other teams had a shot. Yeah. You know? Well, that's a that's a Scott Boris uh, tra- uh, trademark right there. He has that trademark. Not everyone else can do that. Is he tries to get other teams involved to obviously... Raise, raise the price. Raise the price of his current year. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a Scott, Scott Boris is a very, yeah, he's very good agent. He's good at what he does. <laughs> We're going to go into the Prime here thing sure. now real quick. Awesome. You were here in Atlanta. Were you here in Atlanta when Prime was here? I was. The feeling, the excitement that Prime brought this city, there was nothing like it. I want to say the Mike Vick situation was comparable to it, but it was definitely different. It was, it was different because, for one, Prime came first. Yeah. Most exciting thing. And, of course, Vick wasn't a two-way player. Right. Do you think there will ever be a defensive player you look at that documentary and it came out uh, probably a couple months ago now, a month to two months ago. Yep. Great. 30 for 30 is great in general. If anybody hasn't seen those documentaries, you should go back and watch all of them. They're all pretty good. Do you think there'll be another defensive player that's as big of a star as he was? Now, of course you have players that were better like Lawrence Taylor. I feel Lawrence Taylor is a better player than Deion Sanders. Right. But Deion had charisma he had the the two sports going for him. He had a rap album. Do you feel like there's anybody that's going to be as exciting from a defensive player as Dion was then? I don't think so. I mean, if you he's just that one of the kind players. It was just even watching that thirty for thirty. Like like I was my only my only. Uh, critique is that it's like why was it only an hour could we have more dion yeah, what are you we- looking for you that's because i feel like you could have <laughs> if they had focused it was a very narrowed focus and i was kind of when i was watching the commercials for it and i was hyped to watch it yeah i was kind of a little bit depressed too yeah. like, you could at least give me 90 minutes you could give me 90 minutes of dion <laughs> I mean, we could have done a whole like that whole credit thing i we could i could have had another 30 minutes of just that of right. him just talking there is just not another player. And what I really, really liked about it was he feels like he made the right choice of picking football over baseball 
but you can still hear it in his voice. He still feels conflicted. Like he did the analogy, like, hey, football was my wife, baseball was my girlfriend. I had to choose my wife over the girlfriend type of thing or whatever, mm-hmm. the, that whatever analogy. But was. he still thinks about her every now he and then. Yes. Yes. You can see it. Like he is still conflicted with, man, I could have been, I probably could have been, you know, he, there's no doubt he would have been a great baseball player. You could just, he had the speed to your original question. No, I just, he, I don't think the league allows for those guys anymore like him. Really? You, you know, as far as what, from what aspect being outspoken, like you said, it's a very short window. Like he had a longer window of that. Is um, that just because he was just better for, that, a, for a longer, he would that too. He was better for longer. Cause look what happens to the guys who like Antonio Brown, if he was not putting up those numbers, he wouldn't be signed anywhere. No, look at, not. And here's another, here's another great example. Look what happened to C Smith. C Smith was that way for his whole career. And the first year his numbers dipped, he was cut. He was, but Steve Smith had a very long... I mean, in my opinion, when he finally hung up the cleats for good, I don't think there was any regret about his career, you know, no. how it turned out, even lengthwise. Right. You know, you look at that and you say, well, I had some runs, played in the Super Bowl. I don't really have any complaints here. Yeah. Especially and- with with... We'll have to see where Antonio Brown kind of turns out yeah. there, you know. Dion was a certain kind of player, Eugene. He went to Dallas. He went to the 49ers, yep. right? Yep. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And he was with the Falcons. He took up a lot of energy in the room and he had a lot of charisma. But I never really read that he was ever a team problem. Like he was ever. Right. No. Besides this attention that you just get generally, yeah. right? And the and the thing too, and that was, that was the cool thing about the documentary. Like they, the Falcons never viewed it as a distraction. Right. Because back then the team was not that good. So I think the Falcons were looking at it as well. This is free. This publicity. is free, free publicity on our on our side of it, right? The Braves, on the other hand, were just coming up. You know, finally they're just turning the corner. They're becoming this team. Was that that Smoltz, Glavin, yep. Maddox era? Yep. So they're just turning that corner. They're just about to hit that run of you know the '90s of just being like the team of the '90s, right? You have two different, I just two different identities, mm-hmm. and, and baseball. It's great in some aspects, but it's not as great. It doesn't doesn't like individuality, right? Right. You know? So football kind of football basketball kind of more promotes that. I mean, yes, they with basketball being the number one promoter of it, right? Baseball does not like that. It's and it's they don't even want you walking around the bases. They don't want you pointing. They don't want you celebrating. Right. Either. Exactly. <laughs> so I think he chose the right one because he could definitely inject more of his personality exactly into in football versus baseball. They couldn't even get John Sherholtz or Bobby Cox or they had to get a guy as uh, Sam Caston, who has a, who's not even part of the Braves anymore to comment on it. So the people that are within the organization now won't even comment on something that was like 30 years ago. It's like I feel like Bobby Cox. If you're, so if you're Bobby Cox, you probably just want this thing to go away. Um, Sherholtz is Sherholtz still around, right? Yeah, he's still around. I don't know. I could definitely see from Bobby Cox. I don't need this. <laughs> you know, I don't think that I would have been on the show either. Sherholtz baby. I, I don't see much of Bobby Cox on anything. Maybe if there's a Braves 30 for 30, which let's go ahead and get that done. Let's get a 30 for 30 done on the Maddox, Glavin, Smolt era of the Braves. Yeah. I feel like that it's very much deserving. And if they do that, maybe then you get Bobby Cox on. Yeah. The way that the show made it seem, it made it seem like it was still kind of an open wound. Like it wasn't really all the way. The Braves still feel some kind of way about you. Yeah. 
And I felt I definitely got that sense coming off the show. Do you think they there will ever be a two way player again? No, the the players right now are valued way too much because look, well, look at this contract he signed with the Braves. It was a handshake contract. Those don't even, those don't even exist anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> True. And it's like who? And it's like who was the last two way player? Then was uh, when they were talking about Bo Jackson. So Bo was like, I play from this time to this time, and then I go, and then I report to the Raiders or whatever. It's like no, nobody's gonna do that now. It's like okay, yeah, I'm let you. I'm gonna let you report April to. Uh, end of August, and then you can go play football. Yeah, no, that's not happening anymore. I agreed, agreed. The the injury situation is too crazy. The money now has gotten a lot right. more, and I don't want to have an investment like that being risked here. So let's move on to then the MVP race. A little bit of NBA talk to end the show. Right now, this is a three-headed monster. We have Giannis, Harden, and Paul George. Let's go over a few stats here just so we can put this whole thing into perspective, okay? Giannis is doing 27 points a game, shooting 58%, 12.6 boards, 6 assists. Harden, 36.6 points, beasting, 44%, 6.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists. And Paul George at 28.4 points per, 44%, shooting the same percentage as Harden, 8.1 rebounds, and 4.2 assists. Who is your favorite here? My favorite? <laughs> well, it might have difference because it's a favorite of who I think is going to win. Okay, so let's go my, with who your favorite is, and then fa- we'll go who you think is going to win. All right, thank win. you. Let's do that because I really have liked, love watching Paul George. Paul George has just been taking his game to another level. Okay. Because Harden, you know, Harden was doing it kind of the beginning of the year, or the uh, like December, January, when, uh, you know, November, January, November, December, January, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of games where uh, CP3 was out. So he, it's just, he was, he was just awesome to watch and he still is. Yeah. I mean, averaging 36.6 is amazing. It is. And it's like, how, it's like crazy. How do you go? Okay. So I won the MVP last year. So what do I have to do this year? And it's how do I, it's like, how do you step up your numbers? He's like just been insane this year too. So, and, and Giannis speaks for itself, but I mean, I just, Paul George to me has just been playing at another level these last few weeks. Really? Literally taking over So that's games. your favorite guy. That's my favorite guy. Okay. Just so, something different. I mean, I love Harden, but he won. I would like to see somebody else win it. And I'd like Paul George has just been his game last year from last year to this year. It's just has totally changed. Russell Westbrook is, you know, it seems like he's, he's kind of taking the back seat to Paul George, which is kind of neat to see. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like he's almost like kind of trying to carry Paul George to the MVP race. Right. So that's been fun, fun, fun to watch. Oklahoma City is just a fun team to watch. Okay. You know who I like watching as of late? Sacramento. Yes. Oh, I like Sacramento. watching Sacramento, man. Get up and down. Yeah, I would, I would love for them team. to be the eighth seed. I think San Antonio is going to take it. But man, wouldn't that be a, that'd be a great first matchup? The Warriors versus Sacramento. If that's your favorite. So Paul George is your favorite. That's who you like. That's who, who do like. you think is going to win? Giannis is going to win. Why is that? His team is the, they were the first team to clinch the playoff spot. Right. So let's go over that real quick. So the teams, which I factor into the MVP race, a good percentage. Of course, the player means something. But if your team is not winning, then it doesn't really matter. In this case, all the three teams are winning. The other two teams are 40, 40 and 25 for Houston, third in the West, and 40 and 26 for OKC. When they're fourth in the West, 
the Bucks are 50 and 16, first in the East. It's something to be said. Are you are in the East? You are in the East. Let's uh, let's the talk West about is that. beating up on each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like oh joy. So I'm the box. I'm the let's let's we're gonna play the Knicks tonight. Ooh, that's a real tough one. Or ooh, we got the Cavaliers on our schedule. <laughs> so I don't know how much that should factor in, but it is a factor. Yeah, you think that factors into the Giannis situation or you just think that everything is what's making you say you think that, Giannis that is factors win? into my situation. I mean, also, I mean, if we take away Giannis from that team, they're not at 50 wins, right? Of course, but they're a playoff team, right? You could probably make the same case for Paul George. I think you can make the case for Houston only because CP three has been injured and, and yes. Harden has been the engine. He has been in, the engine in that. You take away Paul George from yeah, Oklahoma Russell City. might still get busy. Yeah. He just has to carry yeah. more of that load. And right. shout out to Russell for being able to even make the adjustments. I am a Russell Westbrook fan. I don't feel like he gets enough credit for how hard he plays. He doesn't cheat the game. How plays hard and he's adjusted. Every single minute. Every single minute. He's he like plays an very energizer hard. bunny out there. And he's made it an adjustment to Paul George yeah. getting there. And when Paul George staying. It's making Westbrook look a lot like when Paul George decided he was going to stay, it made Russell Westbrook look that much better. Yeah. Because you don't want to have a situation where you lose KD and Paul George within like a year or two span. No, 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 no. Just the optics of that would not have looked great for for Westbrook, but he's doing his thing. He's been able to make this Paul George situation work very well for him. I think Giannis, I got to agree with you here. I think it's going to be Giannis also. But who's your guy, though? Who, which one do you... Which one do I like? Which one do you like out of... And you can like Giannis, too. It's not, there's, a, there's not a wrong answer. I don't think we I do guys. like Giannis only because I just like the way that he plays, man. I like the fact that he, out of all of the MVP candidates here, is the only person averaging a double-double. Mm-hmm. Where he has the bucks. I feel like it's a good situation where you, you made a good point where their situation would be totally different. If he was not on that team, you take him off that team, like collapses. Like oh, there's yeah. not even a, a second there. Where is the on the other two teams? There is a serviceable second. If yeah. Chris Paul is healthy, then Chris Paul's on with the Rockets. Right. Granted, Harden did a lot of this without Chris Paul. Maybe those years are more MVP worthy years. You know, the years where he did it without Chris Paul right. and being on the roster a little bit, a little bit better. But with OKC, it's hard. Like I got to put Paul George at my third because. Russell Westbrook's there. Okay. If Russell Westbrook was on the Bucks, who knows what Giannis would be doing if, if Russell Westbrook was there. Giannis is doing it with no serviceable second player no. that's even in the league, remotely in the sniffing the league of a Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he's got good pieces around him. They, they built a good team, a team around a him. A team. He's got a good team yeah. with him. Team is going to be what wins championships ultimately because your depth is what, and this is across the, um, I would definitely say more so baseball and basketball. I see this a lot because football is kind of like whoever's healthy and is going into the playoffs. And those are one and dones. When you have those one and dones in football, it's just who's better on that particular game that you're playing. Right. When you have these seven match series, your depth is important. Right. Your depth is important. Who do you have that's going to be able to come off your bench? You're going to look at some of those other players. Look, imagine, like, look at Deladova. Look at these players that have gotten name recognition just by being in the playoffs yeah. that you would have never known about. Never know and about. the reason you know about these players is because that depth matters. Like yep. you, you start to know a lot more about your role players. I would love to see. No, I can't say I'd love to see Giannis go against the Warriors. You know, Here's the depressing thing. 
And I just depressed myself just now by even bringing up the Warriors. <laughs> does it really matter? Does it, does any of this really matter? Like I, we we were talking about this in the lens of the MVP race. Yeah. But let's talk about how much it does not really matter. Okay. With any of these three teams. Do we really think the Rockets, OKC, or the Bucks are going to beat the Warriors? The only team I could pick out of that group is, I'm not saying they were going to beat them, but they're going to give them a, they're going to, if they get to the series, they're going to give them a tough series. Is OKC. Really? You didn't say the, I uh, noticed you didn't say the Warriors there. Or you didn't say the the Rockets there. Uh, a lot of people are like, man, if CP3 didn't get injured, that game seven would have been very different. It would have been different. I just, the Rockets, I'm sorry, the, it's not the Rockets, excuse me. The Oklahoma has just like, they went after some free agents. They've changed that team around. They're like the top defensive team. The only thing that kills them is they have that ability now. If their guys aren't hitting the outside, hitting the outside shot, they could post up. There you go. I thought that thing was settled before he ever got there. Now, I knew that if he even got remotely healthy, and that's the depth that I was telling you about again, and you go into the finals with him, or you go into the playoffs with a healthy Cousins, then this is going to be over. Yeah, and then you've got you could put him on Giannis. Oh, well, I mean, I, I feel like with Giannis, the problem with Giannis is he's just one person. Yeah. Amazing player. Right. I think, and he's definitely my favorite and my MVP pick because I, he's an exciting player to watch. I love the scoring of James Harden. The Paul George situation doesn't surprise me because I've, I've always liked Paul George. He came back from a gruesome injury that when he suffered in, in the Olympics. He's just been looking, always liked, he's looking I've great always the last six weeks. He's like, been looking phenomenal. He's yeah. looking like... But like, he's a great player, man. I guess that when I have a, a, an extreme amount of respect for a player, it doesn't surprise me when they do great things. Yeah. You know, and Paul George is just a guy I've always had an extreme amount of respect for. So when he's doing greatness like this, I'm thinking he's just living up to. Right. He's living up to being great. He's a great player and he's playing with another great player. So these are what his numbers probably could have been like if he had been playing with a player of Russell Westbrook's caliber. And the numbers are coming back. Like last year, it was just coming back from the injury. Wasn't there. They, figuring out some team chemistry stuff, right. trying to figure it all out. Yep. You know? Just has that confidence. Taking over games, taking over late games, just shooting shooting three-pointers in people's faces, not even you know, not even thinking about it, which is he got his swagger back. Well, here's this ho- hoping that they can carry this into the playoffs and we get some exciting basketball, and we'll be back to talk about that. All right, so Reg and ATL Sports Talk with Eugene Morton. See you next time.